That clip we just watched, it's from the movie Unbroken. Uh, it's a uh, true story about a man named Lou Zamperini. There's a picture uh, of him. Uh, and he was a uh, Olympic runner. Uh, he was in the Olympics in 1936. Uh, and then uh, after that, he was in World War II. And his plane, as they were flying over the, the Pacific Ocean, had some mechanical failures. And it crashed, and he was deserted uh, in the ocean. And he um, floated on a raft, him and two other guys floating in the raft in the middle of the ocean. One of the other guys died, uh, but him, uh, Lou, and, and this other one, they survived there in the middle of the ocean for 47 days before they were rescued slash captured by the Japanese military. And then uh, the next two years, they were prisoners of war in a Japanese prison camp. Uh, and because, that, uh, because Lou was um, a famous figure, you know, Olympic runner, he received special attention. Uh, at the prison camp, and, uh, and he received a lot of uh, extra torture and punishment uh, trying to break him, hence the name Unbroken. Uh, really cool story. Uh, actually, later on, and it's not shown in the movie, but after he came back from the war, uh, he uh, kind of struggled with some things, and, and he slowly he found his way to faith. He attended a Billy Graham uh, crusade, came to Christ, he started a ministry, uh, and he just lived the rest of his life preaching the gospel uh, to whoever would listen. There's uh, several books written about him, a couple of books written by him. Uh, one of the books is called uh, Don't Give In and Don't Give Up, or maybe I flipped that. Don't Give Up, Don't Give In. And, and in this book, he, he recounts the story of the scene we just watched. Uh, and they don't include this in the movie, but the reason why he was forced to hold that plank up there was because uh, his captor made him in charge of a goat and said, if the goat dies, you die. And the goat died, uh, and so he went and told, told the guy, and that was the, the consequence, that was the punishment. And so this is what Lou wrote about that. He said, my punishment, hold a heavy wooden plank above my head while he watched and watched, and watched. I lasted 37 minutes. A campmate timed it. Brutal. No one could believe that I didn't give in. The great lesson of my life is perseverance. Never give up. It's like my brother said, isn't one minute of pain worth a lifetime of glory? But I wasn't reaching for glory at the prison camp. I just wouldn't give them the satisfaction of destroying my dignity. So the, the passage that we're going to look at today is in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, and it's just a couple verses, um, which feels strange for me. Like, I like big chunks, and I was really tempted to read like a big chunk of 10, all of 11, and then some of 12, but, you know, for the sake of time, I didn't. So your assignment today is when you go home, get your Bible, and read from chapter 10, verse 34, all the way through to 12, 1 and 2. Okay, that's your assignment. You're like, I didn't know they gave homework at church. All right, so uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, I, did, I added another verse. Can't help myself. 
All right. So Zamp, uh, Lou, he, he persevered throughout his ordeals really for, for one reason, and rightly so. It was survival, right? It was survival. It was, as he wrote in, in the book, it was the preservation of his dignity. Uh, we as Christians, as Christian people, as we uh, you know, walk in this world, we're, we're called to, to persevere in life, but I think it might be for uh, a different reason. I don't think it's about our personal survival or you know, either individually or corporately as a church. I, I don't think it's about uh, our survival as a denomination or as a congregation. I think it's about something else. And, uh, and of course, that's not a, a slight against Lou, uh, in, in his perseverance, uh, because he was, he was an incredible guy, uh, lived an incredible life, uh, inspiring life, and, and really, I don't think any of you would regret it, and we'd probably be uh, all off, you know, better off for learning more about his life, and you can go on YouTube, and you can find interviews about him, and, and from him, and, and books, and, and it won't be time wasted if you were to do that. Uh, I'm simply saying that, that our driving motivation, the reason that we persevere as Christians, is something different than just the survival of us. It, it's more than the, the preservation of our own dignity. It, it's something else. It's, and I think it's alluded to in, in the passage we, we looked at. Again, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before me endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, uh, in this passage, we, we see the, this finish line, and it's this path that is carved out by Jesus. It's the path of, of the cross that ends at the throne of God. And so our finish line, so to speak, is the throne of God. As Christians, we run forward, we persevere, we push forward this race, again, laid out by us from Jesus through the cross towards the throne of God. The, the end game for us is an eternity ruled and reigned perfectly by Christ. And, and the, the author of Hebrews kind of alludes to this in, in a couple different places. In uh, the, before the passage we read, in, in that section I assigned to you as your assigned reading, there was a report due next week. Uh, but he, he says that we need to persevere in the faith so we could receive what God has promised. And that thing that God has promised, he says, he says is a better and lasting possession. And then later on in Hebrews, uh, in, later on in chapter 12, he says that we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous, made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. See, the end goal for us, again, is the eternity reigned and ruled over by Christ, this time of no more pain, no more death, no more sin, no more suffering, just Christ, where all things in heaven and on earth are brought into unity under Christ. That's the finish line. That's what we press forward to. That's what we're trusting God for, that, that God is at work making all things new, restoring everything under Christ. And so we run the race. Uh, let's talk about that word for a second, race. 
running the race. If you've been around church for a while, I've been around church like, like my whole life. I was born on a church pew. Um, no, not literally. That would be weird. Um, but I have to catch, I'm going to just go off way over here and I'm not going to do that. So I, I've heard this a lot, right? Run the race, the race before, like this sort of analogy, this sort of metaphor, a lot. And, you know, if we hear something over and over again, we just stop thinking about it. It's just something that we hear. And, and, uh, and especially, like, I don't understand what it is to be in a race, like not a real race. Like, when I worked at the preschool in Missouri, I would race the preschoolers across the playground. Uh, I think that's a different kind of race, especially because I would often lose. But, uh, like, when I'm driving down the road and I see someone running, like, I'm the guy who checks to see if they're being chased because I just don't understand this persevering and running. Like, it just is not... Uh, and so, so it's helpful for me sometimes to, to take things like that and, and to just kind of contemplate them and, and to see if there's other ways that we could word that. And so in my reading and my studying this week, I, I found this other way of reading this passage. And it would say this. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us with perseverance, advance in the struggle that has been set before you. Advance in the struggle that has been placed before you, laying aside distractions. Follow Jesus. Again, the finish line is the restoration of all things under Christ. The path, the struggle carved out for us is the path of the cross. It's this life of self-denial, self-death, a life of uh, possible uh, embarrassment and discomfort. It's a difficult path. It's a path that must be persevered. Perseverance, I think, is probably one of the most important uh, attributes, characteristics of the Christian life. Perseverance, it comes up often in Scripture, uh, just not giving up. And perseverance being so important, it's also, it's difficult. That's why they call it perseverance, right? They don't call it vacation. They don't call it trip to Dairy Queen, right? Like, they call it perseverance for a reason. Although, if you go to Dairy Queen three times in a day, it becomes perseverance, that's like only three people got that. It's a whole inside thing. It's fine. It's fine. All right. It's not always easy to persevere. Because there's a lot of things that come up in life, right? There's a lot of things that come up in life that make it tempting and easy and possible to quit. Uh, temptation comes up in life. You know, every day we're tempted with things. Uh, sometimes we're tempted with the same thing over and over and over again, and, and it becomes discouraging. We're like, when will this end? Will I ever get past being tempted with this thing? And it gets discouraging. Like, wouldn't it be just so much easier if I just gave up, just quit, just called it in? But, and sometimes it just is exhausting to always stay vigilant in the face of temptation so that you're prepared and ready to stand and resist and, uh, against it, and it'd just be easy to, to quit. And sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes we're tempted and we fall into sin and then sometimes it's the same sin over and over again and it gets discouraging. Like, when will I, will I always be struggling with this thing? Wouldn't it be easier just to quit, to give up? And we look at our life and we 
are not progressing as, as we would like to in our faith or in this area and that area. And we're just like, well, maybe I should just stay home, take a week or two or three or four off and just call it quits. Or, or we look at, you know, the people around us, the people that we love and care about. You know, your, your kids, your grandkids, they have become adults now. And, you know, you think back and you remember, you know, bringing them to church every Sunday and putting them in their Sunday best and, you know, putting a little blue dress on her and little ribbons in her hair or, you know, buttoned-up shirt and nice shoes and bringing them to church. And they'd come and they'd be so excited and they'd show you the things that they made in the church, the little crafts, the things that they're learning. You'd see them up on stage singing and laughing and dancing about uh, how good God is. And, and then somewhere, something along the line, something changed and they have zero interest in things of faith and zero interest in God and they become completely ambivalent to it all and you don't know what happened and when it happened but you don't like it and so you pray and you pray and you pray and days passed and weeks passed and months passed and years passed and we think is God hearing my prayers or am I just give up call it quits nothing's changing anyway or maybe you didn't bring your kids to church growing up maybe you just recently come to faith uh, and, and you have a whole lifetime of hurt relationships and, and kids that are, you know, still bitter and angry towards you and, and, and all these things. And, and you just want more than anything for them to be able to recognize that God has changed your life and, and to see the love of Christ and to see the things. But they're still angry and rightly so because you made terrible decisions and you did terrible things. And you're like, when will they ever... See something different when will they ever forgive me when will this relationship be repaired and so we say let's just give up see the, the truth is adversity comes at us in all different shapes and sizes from all different directions but as followers of christ as people of god we we cling to the hope that god is at work making all things right and we persevere we don't give up we keep moving forward you know i think sometimes maybe we're, we're kind of like peter uh there's a story of peter it's in john chapter six like jesus says some things a lot of his disciples leave him and he turns to peter and says peter are you going to leave too and peter says jesus where would i go you have the words of life he says even if i wanted to leave which you know some days is probably tempting you like, even, even though this path that you've called me to, Jesus, is difficult and, and filled with trouble and, and, and trials and persecutions and hardships and all these things, where else would I go? You've kind of got me stuck here. You're the source of all life, and so I guess I've got to keep the course. And Peter did. He, you know, he had some ups and downs like we all do, of course. But uh, eventually, tradition has it that, that Peter was crucified just like Jesus. Well, not just like Jesus. He requested to be crucified upside down because he didn't see himself worthy to be killed in the same manner as Christ, is what tradition teaches us. But we, we cling to this hope that God is at work, and in some days and sometimes it's really easy to believe that. 
Like we come to church, we hear, you know, all these talented people on the stage singing songs, and we're singing with them, and it's full of joy and all these great things. And we go out into creation, we go out to a lake, whatever, we see God's majesty, and we're like, yes, absolutely, God is up to something. This is fantastic. And then we go for a drive, and we make the wrong turn. We go to the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time of day, and, you know, we drive down Preble Street, and we see brokenness, and we see poverty and we see this and that and uh, we take a trip to North Philly right uh, as most of you probably know a, a group from the church went to, to Philly uh, however long ago it was now just time flies it feels like feels like forever ago but North Philly one of the, the worst areas in the whole country uh, if you want something exciting to do you know YouTube uh, YouTube that and see it's, uh, it's a discouraging sorts of, of thing. And so anyway, like just yesterday, actually yesterday morning, I did a Google search. I just typed in uh, the Google bar, uh, North Philly. And I t- clicked on the little news tab, and all these headlines come up. I don't know if you can see them. I can barely see them, so there's probably... But it says, violent night in Philadelphia, four dead, police believe fatal... Man wanted in a double shooting. Gunman barricades himself in. North Philadelphia shooting leaves man dead. Man arrested in Philadelphia following a standoff. Man dead, teenager injured. And all these articles, this is just, you know, one page, one quick Google search. And, and it's easy, really easy to look at all that and to look around and to see brokenness and death and despair and, and just to see sin and all that stuff kind of running rampant and, and to really think, like, God, is it true that you are really at work making things right god have you like where are you in all of this are we just playing around are we are we just delusional is there any uh hope that any of this can ever actually be corrected and and it's hard to persevere in the face of that because it's hard to see god but then as i was looking at something neat happened as i and I, i scrolled down to the very bottom of the page and there was one article that said, North Philly Church, the host of Backpack Giveaway. And so we, we look at all this despair and we ask, God, where are you? And, and we think of, oh, there's a church like this. Or maybe we think of Pastor Wes. I don't know if you all remember Pastor Wes. He came and talked about his ministry out there in Philadelphia. Those who went on the trip, sure, of course, you all remember him. We got to spend a week out there with him. But we think of him and, and his front state ministries and the blood and the sweat and the tears and the prayers and, and everything that he pours into this community. And, and we remember when we ask this question, God, where are you in all of this? We remember God is where his church is. God is where his church is. And so we press forward. We persevere. See, our, our goal, the thing that we're pushing to is this eternity ruled over by Christ. And to get there, we follow the path of the cross laid out before us from Jesus. And we persevere, and it's hard, but we keep moving forward. But how is it possible that we would ever have any hope of being able to keep pushing forward in the midst of everything? passage answers that in a, in a few different ways we'll, we'll look at. Uh, the first one is this. It says that we need, li- need to lay aside our stuff, fix our eyes on Jesus. 
Lay aside our stuff, fix our eyes on Jesus, right? It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Love those words. Lay aside the, the weight and the, the things that so easily ensnares us and fix your eyes on Jesus. If we uh, want to have any hope of being able to persevere in this life, in the, the, this Christian path that God has placed before us this, to advance the struggle, if we want any hope in doing that, we, we must be fixated on Jesus. There's so many distractions. I think we are probably the most distracted culture ever. And it's, it gets, just gets worse and worse and worse. We're a culture uh, addicted to technology, addicted to social media, addicted to everything. We can't go 10 seconds without... We're distracted constantly. I include myself in that. But if we want any hope of running the course that God has laid before us, we fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, as I've been... The last few months, I've been thinking about the, the early Nazarenes. And I begin to wonder, like, maybe they understood something that, that we kind of forgot about. Like, they, these guys, they, they were, like, super hardcore. Like, they, they were like, hey, don't go here, don't do this, don't do that, do this and do this, but, you know, avoid that and make sure you're not supporting this. And, like, they had, like, rules you know, that govern their life and, 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 and how they kind of lived in this world. And, uh, and now we, we kind of, we look at that and we kind of shrug it off sometimes. At least I have, maybe none of you have. And, 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 we, and we look at it and, and very quickly the accusation comes at them. Man, they were just so legalistic back then. So legalistic. I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I just know if it wasn't for them, many of us wouldn't be here right now. But, but I do wonder that if, you know, this accusation of legalism is just a convenient accusation so that we can just keep doing what we want to do. We could spend a lot of time talking about distractions and talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus and talking about ways to do that. And, and we could actually probably... Just break this passage up into like a four-week series. But for sake of time, we'll just, we're going to keep pressing forward. So we, we persevere in this, this struggle that has been placed before us by fixing our eyes on Christ. But then there's another piece to that, another component to that. Uh, it, it's a, a theme that comes up a lot in, in my uh, preaching lately for some reason or another. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I need to hear it or maybe you all need to hear it, but it just keeps coming up. So here it is. See, this passage, it begins with two words, therefore since. And uh, here's a Bible fact for you. Every passage in the Bible begins with two words. Not all of them begin with three words, but all of them begin with two words. Sorry. Chris laughed. That's all I was going for. So this passage, it begins with therefore since. And if you ever see those words when you're reading the Bible, it's a really good place to stop and ask questions. You're like, therefore what? Since what? Uh, and so uh, in this particular case, therefore is linking everything that was just said in Hebrews chapter 11, which you all are going to read later on today, to this passage that we read. Uh, and it's linking everything that was said to a proper response, and in our case, perseverance. And then this, this since word... It's again, it's linking everything that was said before 
feel like a summary statement of, of what was said before. In this case, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. See, uh, Hebrews 11 is, uh, in some ways, it tells the whole story of, of Israel, and it does it by highlighting certain individuals in there, and it talks about their faith and their perseverance, and, and how even though they did not see the promise fully fulfilled, they pushed on in faith. And they kept moving forward, even though they never actually saw the thing that they were promised fully fulfilled. They just kept pushing on. And from one generation to the next, handing the torch down to each generation. And it just goes all the way through that. And then that's when Hebrews says, therefore, because of these guys who faithfully handed down this torch generation after generation, because of them, persevere, run the race. We persevere in the way of the cross onto glory by following Jesus because of the saints that have come before us. And so we go to the scripture and we look at the stories of, of, of all the people in the Bible throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But then I think it stretches beyond that and not just the, the people we read about in the Bible, but it goes all throughout all of church history and, and all the saints that have gone before us. And, you know, people like John Wesley and John Calvin and Augustine and, and all these guys. And, and we, we look at their lives and their examples and, and we get encouragement and inspiration for it. And it's kind of like the clip we saw where when old Lou was holding that plank above his head and it showed uh, the people in the prison there uh, kind of whispering and, and cheering him on, saying, come on, Lou, come on, you got this. And, and, and I envision, and I think the same thing is happening now, that as we are facing trials and difficulties in life and we're wanting to give up and we're wanting to throw in the towel and we're wanting to say, you know, forget all this, it'd be so much easier if I just did my own thing. I, I picture all of the saints that have gone before us cheering us on. Saying, come on, you got this. Push forward. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. But, but not only included in that is all of those who have since passed, but included in that cloud of witnesses, I think, is everybody in this room. Is, is us. We're, we're part of that. Uh, we're, we're part of the, this collective encouragement and inspiration and, and force behind each other's life that, that uh, helps us and, and causes us to continue to persevere. See, uh, participation in and fellowship within the church helps facilitate within us perseverance. So when we detach ourselves, that we end up just kind of giving up. And so as I was thinking about this idea, and we're going to begin to, to wrap up a little bit, but as I was thinking about this idea of the, the cloud of witnesses and the author of Hebrews, and, and I thought, you know, if that guy or that lady who wrote Hebrews, whoever it is, we don't know. Some people think it was Paul. One guy said, and just out of pure conjecture, said it might have been a lady named Junia who's mentioned in, in the book of uh, Romans, but like no one knows. Anyhow, that's way off. That's way off point. But, but I, I wonder, like, what if God gave this author the task of continuing to write through the book of Hebrews, continuing to, to work on chapter 11? 
And, and that's what they have been doing throughout all eternity, just adding names to this list. Like maybe, maybe now this list, it includes guys out there like, like Pastor Wes out in Philly. He should be, there he is. What a great guy. Maybe it says, by faith, West, desiring to see people come to Jesus and to provide a place of Christian discipleship for all stages of life, bought this fixer-upper of a house so that one day he would be able to hire a youth minister to, to help come and minister to the, the youth in that area, the teens in that area. Maybe it says something like, by faith, churches from all over came to help with the house. Maybe it says, by faith, South Portland Church of the Nazarene. There we are. Man, what a good-looking bunch. South Portland Church of Nazarene sent a team to work and to witness. Maybe it says, now by faith, Leo stepped out of his comfort zone and organized and put together this trip for us. By faith, Kate led communion for us on the last night, helping to facilitate a a very nice and and beautiful spiritual uh, moment for us. By faith, Jared gave spiritual and vocational instruction. By faith, Ashton interacted and had fun with the kids. By faith, Danelle talked to and was able to lead one of the kids, help one of the, lead one of the kids to Christ. By faith, Carl and Dana worked and worked and worked. I haven't seen anybody work so hard in my life than Dana. Every time I looked at him, he was working. By faith, Amanda, Alethea, and Cassie helped prepare food during the week. By faith, Ryan painted. And this one's my favorite because he's literally painting by faith. There's not a roller in his hand. Um, He's painting by faith, not with roller. Um, By faith, Ed and Kelly jumped in. They learned new skills. They helped get the job done. By faith, my two boys, two of the three are mine. You'll have to guess which ones. They, they worked and worked. They kept a good attitude the whole time. Super smart and good looking, and I'm not biased. By faith, Pastor Julie stayed up late every night, reworking and, and going through the lesson plans for the next day so that way it would be the best possible lesson for the kids. By faith, Liberty made slides and ran tech throughout the week, helping to provide a fun experience for all the kids. By faith, Lexi stepped out of her comfort zone and helped to teach the Bible lessons every day throughout the trip. By faith, many who could not go donated financially so that others were able to go so that the work would get done. See, I imagine that the author of Hebrews is continuing to write that chapter about the great cloud of witnesses as this force that empowers and helps facilitate perseverance within us. And I hope that doesn't feel too much like us kind of patting ourselves on the back. It's just, it's my way to to work the Philly trip stuff into the message today, but it's true. It's the truth. And and it's not only the names of of those folks who went up to, to Philly that's included on the list, but you all here who Bring meals to people who are in need, who share your faith with the people that you work with each day. You, you lead and you host small groups, and uh, it might be new and different for you, but, but you're doing it, and, and you're 
persevering in the faith and you come each week and you greet people with a smile and a hug. You learn how to play Minecraft because that's just what teenagers are into. You plan a fun day for, for the kids in the youth group and you bring them out to your house. You lose sleep at night planning district events so teens will have a place to fellowship and a place of spiritual nourishment. Struggle through giant packets of paperwork and take class after class after class pursuing a call that God has placed in your life and, and the list can go on and on and on and we could add each of your guys' name to the list. And we do this thing because our church wants more than anything else for people to encounter the living Christ and so we persevere and we advance the struggle that has been placed before us. Again, the goal is an eternity ruled and reigned over by Christ. The path is the path of the cross and we persevere through it. All the while fixing our eyes on Jesus and getting encouragement and comfort and guidance from all God's faithful people throughout the ages. Let's pray together. Lord God, just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit in our lives, Lord, that infills us and equips us. Lord, I thank you for the church that you have established and all the people throughout the ages that you have drawn to you. Lord, help us in the midst of life's challenges and difficulties to continue on in the faith. Press forward. Lord, that this church would be a church marked with a, a passion and a love for you and a love for others. Lord, that what we do is motivated by that. With this desire to see people encounter the, the living Christ. Lord, reveal to us the distractions in our life that are keeping you, us from you and from your purposes for our lives, Lord, and help us to, to lay those aside. We run forward. And God, this week I pray uh, especially that you would open up our eyes to opportunities to share your love and to share encouragement with those around us. May your grace and your favor and your spirit rest upon us in your name. Amen. Please stand and join us as we close in song.
our guilt withdrawn and
Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. You are the God who can turn graves into gardens. You're the God who can bring dry bones new life. You're the God who's making new things out of us. Father God, I hope we will never get tired of persevering, of running the race. Father, we want to be a people who, who realize that loved people love people, that found people find people, that save people serve people. Father, I'm so thankful for the so many owners of this church, people of this church, who behind the scenes, who sometimes unnoticed by only an audience of one, you, Lord, but they're using their lives to make a difference affecting a child, affecting a teenager, helping someone who's sick, helping a neighbor. Lord God, we don't want to be a, a group of people who just show up into a building on a Sunday, sit in some rows, sing some songs, and just go back to business as usual when we, when we leave. Father, we want to be a people who actually live out our faith. We don't want to go to church. We want to be your church. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. God, help us to do that. Honor the decisions that people make in our lives, Father God, to want to strive to take next steps in our walk and become more and more and more like your son, Jesus, so that we can make a difference, that we can, we can affect things even in small ways that have eternal consequences. God, we love you. And today we lay our lives at your feet as a living sacrifice use our lives to make a difference for your glory. Pray blessings upon these, your people, this day, Father God. And again, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. You are a great God, worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have an awesome, amazing week, and you'll join us next week, especially most of our men, as we conclude our series at the movies. Make sure you check out uh, Pastor Nancy in the back at the Welcome Center to get information on all the small groups. Sign up for the conflict group and others. God bless. Me. Mm -hmm.